everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy that you're tuning in to today's episode. I hope you all had a great weekend. We had a great weekend, and we are really excited about the weekend ahead. I hope that you guys have something fun coming up for the long weekend. Luke and I are actually headed to Mexico. We've planned this trip for some time, so we're really looking forward to getting away for a bit, and I hope that you can say the same. If you're flying or if you have a road trip ahead, be sure to download some of your favorite HSDT episodes. I would love to be along for the ride. Well, today's episode is one that you guys are really going to enjoy. I noticed last week we had a ton of tags on social media. You all really enjoyed the episode with Jenny from Mo Mommies and co-founder of Union Square Play in New York. Well, today's guest, Sabrina Chazen, is someone you all are going to love hearing from. I know I did. But before we dive in, I wanted to share a massive thank you for the continued support of HSDT and give this exciting update. You guys, we are now opening up ads for the fall. Some of our most influential guests that we've ever had on are going to be fall guests this year in 2021. And we want to make sure that we're partnering with great brands to continue to bring you amazing content here at HSDT. So if that sounds like something you would be interested in, perhaps you are a small business owner, women-owned business, and you want to support the podcast as well as get your brand and business out to an amazing group of women, please contact us at How'd She Do That Podcast.com. As I mentioned, you all are going to love today's episode with Sabrina Chazen. I loved getting to know her, and I'm really excited to share her story with you. If you already follow her on Instagram, this will be a great little insight into who she is, kind of the why behind all that she does, as well as some fun facts. I think you're really going to enjoy it, and you'll definitely want to share it with a friend. Here is Sabrina Chazen on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Sabrina Chazen, is a wife, mother, and friend, formerly known as Sample Size 16. Many of you may recognize Sabrina from her social media as she seeks to share her favorite plus-size fashion finds. She believes women should feel beautiful at any budget or size and has become a cult favorite follow for many. Sabrina received a degree in political science from Chapman University in 2009 and upon graduating married her husband and began teaching swim lessons while looking for a job in Los Angeles. In the early years of her blog Sample Size 16, Sabrina was an executive assistant and then worked at Exclusive Artist, an agency that represented celebrity hairstylists, makeup artists, etc. Since then, Sabrina launched her eye-catching same-style different size campaign in which she shows how women can be confident in whatever body they're in. When Sabrina isn't sharing her favorite fashion finds with us on Instagram or making us laugh with her quick wit and humor, she is likely spending time at home in Newport with her family, which includes her husband, son, and daughter. Sabrina, welcome to How'd She Do That? Gosh, Emily, do you do resumes? Like I'm, you're hired. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you, thank you so much. We actually talked before we recorded. I have awesome interns that that help with that, and I was kind of fact checking. I'm like, okay, so Chapman, 2009. Tell me all about it. 
I am so excited about this conversation with you. I have been one of those cult, you've been a cult favorite follow of mine. And so to have you on the podcast, this is really exciting for me. Well, thank you. It's very exciting for me as well. And those interns are going straight to the White House. I feel like they're good. At, I mean, <laughs> geez, they're Louise. tracking you down, aren't they? Oh my gosh. Well, we were talking before we hit record and just, uh, again, so excited to have you here. But also, this is kind of my, I, I mean, this is selfish for me. I basically get to turn what would be a DM of like, hey, Sabrina, what? how do you do this? What do you do, et cetera, into a full conversation. So I'm eager to dive in. I, I've mentioned in the intro kind of where you went to school and whatnot, but perhaps take us back, maybe share a little bit about where you grew up and then again, where you went to school and how you decided on that major. Sure. I um, Often on Instagram, in my DMs and in my stories, people ask these things and I always say it's a little bit of a Hilaria Baldwin twisted story. <laughs> I like, can never really nail down where I'm from because I feel like I have like bipolar history. I was born in LA and my mother was born in LA, my grandparents. So sometimes I'm like, oh, LA. But really I've lived in Newport since I was six. I went to high school and elementary school here. I did not start at Chapman. I went to the University of Hawaii. I played water polo there for three years. Uh. Um. I met my husband my sophomore year and he was here on the mainland and I transferred home like a loser for her boyfriend. Thank <laughs> God it worked out. Normally I'm always like, oh, I had island fever. I was burned out of water polo. Like it was just time to come home, but really it was for him. <laughs> um, and yeah, I ended up, ironically, we lived in LA and Alex got, my husband got a job in Newport of all places in the country. Um, So I stayed in LA and he came to Newport and worked during the week and would come home to LA on the weekends. And then we ended up here again. So we are here in our small town, happy, but it's definitely like, you know, it's it's the money at the banana stand. Like I I feel like I'm in high school, which I loved high school, but you know, it's like forever young here. Yes. Well, it's so fun to think about you too. And and you just put a puzzle piece together for me because I had seen a reference to water polo, but mm-hmm. you actually played. So you played water polo in Hawaii. Tell us a little bit more about that because that's just too fun of a fact to skip over. Yeah. I think that's another Newport thing. It's like, well, my mom knew water polo in LA too, but I think it's like playing soccer here when you're little. You Everyone learns to swim young and then even today, even more than 20 years ago, 30 years ago, kids play water polo and I'm six foot two. Um, so it worked out for me and I was super lucky. My college coach who's Canadian, um, the Hawaii coach, who's not the coach there anymore. He was super good to me. He was like so positive about my size, which wasn't always the case for coaches. And he took me in and I always, all things in my life, I'm strong in my convictions. Unfortunately, I just get an idea and that's it. When I was in middle school, there was a tournament there and Newport team played in Hawaii at this pool. And I told my mom, I'm going to go to school here. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh. Because my mother, father, sister, brother, all are Trojans. They all went to USC, which is also such a Newport thing. Yeah. Um, And not me. I went to Hawaii, like proudly was like, aloha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, it's so fun again to think about you being there. And then like you said, moving back, tell us a little bit about, gosh, that season of life. What did you hope that political science degree would be? What was the idea in college as to what you were going to move forward in? Yeah, I really loved and was passionate about public policy, you know, all things constitution and 
now 2021 sure sounds exhausting right i love i like you know i have a couple friends one who i think you should have as a guest she's a very entrepreneurial has a great brand she's still to this day jokes like sabrina i thought you were supposed to be the press secretary to the president like that was your passion that's what you told us when you were 12 like that's what you you know i really believed that now obviously i'm still unfortunately piques my interest like I do care but I don't want I don't want to be there I don't it sounds like a real nightmare (laughs) well and little did you I mean little did you know at the time that that passion and it's one that can continue but I would see I can see why you would say yeah enjoyed that as a major stepping into it now not so much now there was another fun fact about you because and now I'm putting it together because obviously the water polo would set you up for success here but tell us about postgrad because there was a season that you were actually you were teaching swim lessons. You're looking for a job. What was mm-hmm. postgrad like for you? Right. So 2008, I think the first recession. Right. So you come out of college. People are used to being hired for you know six figure jobs. And what are you going to do? And LA, you'd think I'm pretty savvy. I, I have. You know, unfortunately, LA is a city of nepotism, and I yes. I did have those kind of connections, but nothing was sticking. Nothing. I'm a person of passion, and I guess that's a privilege that I've always been able to do something because I liked it and because it was interesting to me, not just because I had to get the paycheck, which I also understand happens to a lot of people and they get pigeonholed in that job. But so I was teaching swimming for fun, and it was good, and it was through high a random high school in the valley, and I would schlep to the valley, and <laughs> it was actually an by Hidden Hills, I would see, well, previously, <laughs> then she was Bruce Jenner, dropping <laughs> the little girls off to their stuff, getting on the oh bus, it was like such a season of life, yes. um, which is fun, right? Like, that's a young job. I was 22, right? Um, but then I got a real job in LA, working as an executive assistant to a woman named Noreen Frazier, who has passed away. She was... Um, a television producer and the co-founder of Stand Up to Cancer. And then she broke off and started her own Women's Cancer Foundation. So that was a really cool learning experience, not just because she had a lot of fun connections and a lot of cool projects. We did something called um, The Power of Comedy with Variety magazine. And, you know, there was really exciting celebrities and people. Now, I guess the word influencer didn't exist, but influential people um, and in the entertainment industry on the board. And I learned a lot about cancer and medicine and fundraising, and it was short-lived. Um, then I got another job in public relations and then at that agency exclusive artist that you mentioned. And that was all while I was doing my own blog on the side. Everyone, you know, is that phase of your first and second job and everyone's at their desks and on Gchat and checking people's blogs in the morning. And that was the wave. And I started mine and it was plus size fashion and it was doing pretty well and it was fun. And that was, I was newly married. I got married. I'm a child bride. So that was all (laughs) one phase of life focusing enough on one project. It's that old saying, you know, you do a lot of things and you don't do them well, where if you do a few things, you do them better. So I definitely have that problem or gift. Um, (laughs) And yes, exclusive artists, the best part was probably the relationships. Of course, it was fun. Brands are sending products to these artists all the time that are, you know, Chanel gift bags and all the things. And that's fun to be privy to. And, but ultimately, it's, I'm like such a relationship person. It's the relationships that you leave with, that you build, that you got to have. And it was fun because you're around all kind. The artists are mostly, 
I mean, they're not young. There's a lot who have been working for 40 years, but they have that energy. They're still doing that. It's a creative passion. And then the other agents, same thing. It's just being around. It was in the building. They owned a modeling agency, uh, a casting agency in the building. Just being around energy is obviously feeds you no matter what. Tell us about this. When you started the blog, what was that like? And at that time, what were you hoping would come of the blog? I know that since then you've moved on and like you said, have stepped into motherhood and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But tell us about Sample Size 16 and Gosh, the early years of it. I wish. So Sample Size 16, I mean, it's the, this is... I don't know if you use the word, if I should use the word regret, because I do believe that there's a time and a season for everything. But I was on that original wave. There wasn't very many bloggers. Instagram influencers had not blown up. And so I have this blog and it was kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say I was a huge success, but it was growing in traffic and in support. And pre-DM, you got, you know, you would comment on the bottom of the blog and I would I was getting a lot of positive stuff. I, you know, I'd go to Coffee Bean and people would be like, oh, I've seen your blog. By, by no means am I saying that I'm cupcakes and cashmere, but like <laughs> definitely was getting traction and success. And I, like I told you, was newly married. I had a desk job. I had all these things. And <laughs> my attorney husband had just finished <laughs> law school and was studying for the bar. And quite frankly, he didn't want to be the photographer. And it kind of <laughs> sizzled, fizzled, sizzled. And I just figured like, where is this going? What am I doing? Like, I have a real job. I, I don't want to hire a photographer. Like, this is this is fun, but is it frivolous? And let me tell you, it was not frivolous. I would have been on that wave. Now I've missed the boat. Uh, these girls are all, you know, there was a handful of them then, and they all literally have millions of followers and brands and their own brands and whatever else. But like I said, there's a season for everything, and I got... Yeah. I got to knock my kids out and have, and here I am again. And I think that that's probably the way it was supposed to be for me. I got to experience a desk job career. I got to experience being young and married. I had my children and I didn't give up. Like, how'd you do that is here I am doing it now. And I think that's also important. Like there's different seasons of life, like we're talking about and God willing, this is mine to now focus again on this and to do a little bit more me and, hope that something comes of it again and stick to this. And I think all those lessons through there brought me here and here we are. Well, I love it because it is something that you're like, I don't know if regret is the right word, but yeah, thinking like, oh my gosh, look at the time frame. Look at people that I'm sure you knew that have mm-hmm. since popped off, but That's you so did, fun. you went and stepped into a season of motherhood. So tell us a little bit about, gosh, and I'm guessing leaving exclusive artists for that season. What did that kind of decision look like for you and your family? And by the way, quick addition, I have no doubt you're, you're well on your way now. I totally agree. I think timing is key, but what you're doing now, and we're going to get into what you're doing now. And many of you who are listening, you guys follow Sabrina and have seen how much fun she has with what she's doing now. So you're well on your way. I'm, I'm really excited about this, but what did it look like? Because again, many of my listeners, I mean, I've got recent grads, I've got empty nesters. I have women looking to pivot in their career. So you actually decided to step away. I mean, tell us about that decision and even what that season of new motherhood looked like. 
Well, I think even more now than ever, it's very hard to balance both things. And um, my husband at that time, his career was definitely, I don't want to say more important. I think, again, like there's ebbs and flows of when it's your time. And that was his time. You know, he was a young attorney. He had gone to law school. We met before that when we were an undergrad. So I was here to support that. Like that was going to be our main income and our main stability. And he needed to do that while I did this. And, you know, you can call it traditional, but today he supports me. And if I need to go to LA for a meeting, he will help me figure out what to do about that. And I think like it's the shift. So I always think no matter what time, it's always your time, you know, and sometimes you have to step back and your time means waiting, supporting someone else. And then that comes back and, and, you reap that reward. So I had my children young. It's very difficult. You learn more lessons than you could ever learn (laughs) anywhere else is my true opinion. I've never worked harder. You're in the trenches. And then like everybody tells you and every cliche is true. You start to come out of it. Bo is only three, but he's just started preschool and I have more time and energy and things are different. And now it's time to pivot, just like you said. And I think because of the pandemic, women are learning. So many women have left the job force and their desks and they're going to have to learn to pivot. And there's a million ways and success is is ours. And I think women can do it. Everyone's goal is to be happy, right? Or to be, mine's just to find contentment and fulfillment. And for, and that meant keeping my children alive. And now it doesn't, (laughs) now that, you know, now. (laughs) Well, even to think about, okay, you step into this season of motherhood, you have Coco, you have Bo, but I love what you just shared. And I can totally relate to this. And I'm sure many women listening can with the ability, the, the thought of, okay, stepping into a, a season that you have the stability because you supported your spouse. Like for instance, my husband, we were talking about this before, but he's an attorney as well. And so to Mm -hmm. think, okay, assisting in the season of law school, making sure that happens, wrapping up student loans, whatever that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. And then being able to step back and say, okay, I have the flexibility. I have the stability and now I have the support. So it's Mm -hmm. so fun to think that you're in that season of like, okay, Bo's going to preschool and you actually have time to dream and to Mm -hmm. kind of think through what could be next for you. And it kind of, it it gets me really excited because I would say through following you, even, even from probably for about a year is when I was originally introduced to you. Tell us a little bit, because you've been doing some fun stuff on Instagram with the same style, different size. Okay. And I want to hear, because many people have probably found you, I think that's how I found you originally, was through some of those posts. Tell us a little bit about that, because it's such a simple thought, but Mm -hmm. it's so fun. And I feel like it's literally just the beginning. Okay, so same style, different size for those of you listening who don't, who aren't my mom. Well, she doesn't really listen to anything. She doesn't (laughs) know social media, but who aren't my best friends who do. Thank you for your support. Yes. Um. The thought behind it is I match with somebody in a different body style, you know, than I am. I'm obviously plus size. I'm six foot two and I carry extra weight. And so I am trying to showcase that two different bodies can wear the same styles because often I think that it doesn't matter. It's not, not even the plus size girl or the petite girl. 
certain styles people think are off limits because of their body type. So my goal is to show you that I can wear the same thing as a size two in the same dress. We can both look great. It's not a who wore it better. It's everybody can wear this and you can wear the same style in different bodies. So I'll match with mostly friends and anybody that comes along and we we wear anything But it's not as simple as it sounds because it is very hard to source things that come in standard sizing, straight sizing, petite sizing, and plus extended sizing. You think it's like a very easy task, and it is very complicated. They don't just have it on the rack. You can't walk into Nordstrom's. You can't walk into Bloomingdale's. You can't walk into Zara and find a size 2 and a size 20. It's, it's It's just not common. So that is also like a passion of mine to help people find their size and things that are on trend and that are fashionable and that excite them and that make them feel a certain way. Well, it's really interesting because when I originally saw these pictures, one, they're, for some reason, they're just so fun to look at and it's captivating to see the same style in different mm-hmm. sizes. It, like right. something about it is just eye-catching. But my first thought when I saw one was, you are doing the opposite of what women in every movie, any social setting has ever wanted to do, which is right. wear the same dress as someone else. Like if you're at a wedding and you see a girl in a dress, you're yeah. like, oh, I'm wearing the same dress, but you're highlighting it in such a fun way. Did this, was this an accident? Was this something that you set up no. with a girlfriend? To, okay. So Since tell us about the size thought. 16. I always wanted to do it. Originally, oh I asked a couple of friends who I felt like had a good aesthetic and a good style and that we understood each other. And I asked like, I, I believe I can think of two girls that I like continuously kept asking, like, can we match? <laughs> I want to do a series on sample size 16. Then when Instagram kind of blew up and maybe five years later when I kind of, I was not blogging, but I had like, you know, an Instagram with a couple thousand friends or whatever, nothing. I was not trying to be anything, but you know, organic and people could find it. I still wanted to do that. I wanted to match and showcase. It was never intended to be the exact same dress, but it was intended to be the exact same style. Like we can both wear leather leggings, Spanx leggings with a sweater and you pick your sweater. Then it evolved into now, which I like even more and which excites me even more, it's different friends or different colleagues or different acquaintances every single time so that it's always a different body because no two bodies are the same and it's the same item of clothing. Because I do think there's something to be said about seeing the same item of clothing on two different bodies because it's different, but it's still great on both. So yeah, it's been around in my brain for a long time. And then one day in the middle of the pandemic, when I was doing nothing, I just texted a friend and I was like, can we just do this today? And I got the outfit that day, which is oh. rare because I, like I told you, it's not easy to source. Yeah. And we t- her daughter, who's 10, took it on her iPhone and there we went. Oh my God. Now, who was this? My It was my friend, Melissa. It was, oh. you know, nobody who wants any kind of cachet with her face or name, but she just was supportive. And she is you know she has like photography skills and i i trusted her and we and our kids had a tennis lesson that afternoon so it was convenient (laughs) and all the things and safe and and started it got the ball rolling and like that is what i needed and i believe in that for everybody timing is everything like we've talked about four times already and it just happened and everything in my life i will say has been that way things have been organic and authentic and things you know, 
it's I'm a rash decision maker and sometimes that makes you fall and burn and sometimes that takes off. Well, and in this case, I, I do think it's taking off. I, again, I, I, it's so fun to hear about these moments where something so creative, something so, like you said, you're just going to tennis lessons for mm-hmm. your kids, but you're sharing these things. What has the feedback looked like? Because I, I, like I said earlier, you in, in many ways, you have kind of popped off with this idea. I think many people have probably reached out and said they love it. What has the feedback been so far? Right. It's like your joke about sliding into the DMs, asking questions. I will say, I never realized how many people do slide into people's DMs. Like my my <laughs> messages are wild and, and that yeah, is where sure. most of my time goes. But I have to tell you, I think a lot of people resent that and I live for it. It's this really? weird... I mean, it sounds so narcissistic, like I'm feeding off of people telling me that I'm changing their lives and that they love me and that it means so much and that um, they bought these outfits. But it's not its not that I'm feeding off of it. It's that I crave connection in that way. And yeah. I see the value and I feel valuable. And people, like, I'm not ashamed to say that. Everybody should find something that gives them value, right? And that fills their cup. And hearing people and connecting to people and... I mean, I feel like I'm a therapist sometimes in my inbox, but it really has been validating and fulfilling and people love it and they need it. And it's shocking how many people it helps. And honestly, like, I don't think I've found my audience yet, truly. Like, obviously it's growing and and I'm so grateful for the engagement and for the, there's a lot of people have with huge followings have told me like, you have to build your community. And I definitely feel like I have a community. Like I have 50 best friends that I talk to every day. I have a hundred people that DM me here and there, thousands of people that follow and like, and all those things. And I do feel that I'm building that community, but I haven't like, I want more of the people who are plus size, who are, who need me. And I think I found more, more one-offs that say, I I love seeing the plus size, but I wear a size six, you know, which is terrific. I'm not saying don't be there, but somehow I got to find more of that really do need me. Well, and I'm thinking too, who, you know, as you get these DMs and as you're, and and again, like nothing that you're saying is surprising me because I I cannot imagine what your DMs look like because I have been one of those people. Like, yes, I have literally been one of those people. Where's this praise program, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it's interesting because I'm curious to hear your answer as people are coming to you and saying, I needed this, or you're my inspiration, or I bought something I wouldn't usually wear because I loved it on you, whatever Mm -hmm. those encouragements might be, who was that for you? Because it seems as though there's no lack of confidence. Did Mm -hmm. you have that example? Is that a intuitive thing? Where do you think think that's? I think it is intuitive. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to say that you can't build your confidence. You can't work on it. You can't turn this around. You can't find positivity. You can't, but I do think for me, I, I think I was who I was and I am comfortable in my skin from the jump and I've always been this way. And it's, someone's going to listen and be like, this girl is so confused. She's so narcissistic. She's so obsessed with herself. She's so needs to look in the mirror, but I just, it's true. Like I, I, I think it's a gift that I, I love to shop and I can find clothes that have always fit me. I've been big my whole life. I was six foot two by the time I was in sixth grade and I just never had a problem with it and always loved fashion on top of it. And I think I am who I am and I'm confident in that. And I actually had a bad experience 
last week with a podcast and she said I kind of fell flat because I didn't talk enough about body positivity and you know I, I I think that the general gist was that I was not deep enough and and it's just the problem is I don't have those horror stories of my weight and of being insecure, but I understand them and I've had horrible experiences. But most of the time it comes from somebody else putting their insecurities with weight onto me or their discomfort with my weight onto me. And wow. of course that's jolting for some, to know that the world is looking at you a certain way or worse, someone that you love or who knows you looking at you a certain way based on your weight, but it's never been internal. I just, I think I'm confident and secure. And if you don't like that, then it's probably your issue, not mine. Well, I, I mean, I just got chills. I, I think that's a much healthier way to look at it. Like you said, if, if there's someone who does have an issue with it or, or finds offense in your figure or gosh, what you have control over being six two, which my mom always told me tall is beautiful. I'm, I'm a little bit behind you at five eleven, but just to, to think about, yeah, like I love that you didn't feel pressure to make up something. I mean, that would be even worse. Right. To, to make, you know, to think, okay, well, let me share some emotional horror story when you're like, no, that's actually not true to me. And, and by the way, your confidence, it rubs off on everybody. Like when I'm able to see what you're up to. And again, I feel like this episode, it feels a little bit like a launching pad of just so much more that we're going to see from you. But anytime I see your stories, anytime I see what you're up to, it makes me happy and it makes, it makes me want to try even, even being a totally different size than you. It makes me want to try what you're wearing and sharing. So it's definitely, I do, obviously I'm not all fluff and I'm not all happy and I am very, I have dark moments and I'm, I'm an overthinker. And I, like we said about poli sci, like this year has tortured me and and for all directions and all extremities. And I'm definitely a warrior and all the things, but when it comes to like food and weight and body, I think the more you obsess, the worse it gets. And like, you just have to get up and try. And like you just said, my goal with fashion always is to make yourself feel better and to make yourself confident. And I do believe that anybody in any size can dress how they want and put something on that gives them that je ne sais quoi or that umph for their day. And I think that that's what I'm trying to do on social media or in general in creating a brand is to say like Sabrina wants you to put that necklace on, to do your hair, to put on lipstick, to wear the dress, to just make yourself feel better. And I believe that that's what fashion is, an expression of who you want to be seen as. So good. Yes, it's so true. Everything you said, I, I always love this. There's always like, and I've had a couple with you already, but there's always that pause and rewind moment in the episode to me. And you guys, this is just a little note. I would say pause and rewind. Listen to what Sabrina just shared, especially if there is someone who's listening that you feel like, okay, I'm, and, and this is anyone, this, this affects every single size of person. So this is, this is kind of a universal statement, but yeah, anyone who has something that you don't like, I mean, the, the encouragement that I always receive from you, Sabrina, when I'm seeing what you're up to is yeah, get out there and honestly, in some ways, quit thinking so much about yourself. Like you, you've mentioned, totally. you're like, this person's going to think I'm, you know, uh, selfish mm-hmm. or thinking about myself. I actually feel the opposite about you. I actually feel like you take on so much fun and energy encouraging other people. I actually don't see you that way at, okay. at all. Thank you. 
No, it's true. It's really, it's really fun. This is fun to, to kind of hear your inside scoop on, on all of your different thoughts. I am curious over the past year, what has been, and I say the past year, cause I'm kind of rewinding back to the same style, different size mm-hmm. photos and campaign over the last year, what has been kind of maybe something surprising or uh, something fun that you've been able to, to do through that, that you wouldn't without sharing those images? Um, I have an exciting collaboration coming up with a brand and I think, I don't want to say that was my end goal, but it was a goal. I always knew that I wanted to make change and bring plus size fashion to more people or my eye or share that. Um, and that's happened already. I'm doing it in the spring and, I feel so grateful and so excited and things like that. I, you know, without putting yourself out there and without making that jump and doing same style, different size and hustling and showing things to, you know, the, the social media people keep, somebody told me social media is social. You need to be social on there. You need to be talking to people. You need to be asking people, like you said, sliding into their DMS and it's paid off already. And that's fun and exciting. And it's just a lesson that, the more you do, the more you get, the more you give, the more that comes back to you. Um, and I think sure there's been some negatives and some hate, but there's been a lot of love. And I think I've always been polarizing in that way. You are either obsessed with me or you despise me and it is what it is. I obviously care, you know, I'm an empath and I think I can be, I can be rational and meet you in the middle, but I think that means things are happening too. So that's been exciting. And this collaboration is super exciting for me. Well, and it's crazy because am I wrong with this timeline? I mean, these things have really kind of started over the last year. Less. Yep. Six months. Um, Wow. It's ironic because I will tell you the biggest bee in my bonnet is that I feel like it's slow and everyone's like, Sabrina, it is so fast, but comparison is a thief of joy and I see other people growing faster and that's fine. And that's, that's the dark side of social media. You can't help but to compare. You can't help but to start see what other people are doing. I, God willing, will never falter in who I am or copy, you know, inspiration is there for sure. Like you can't, I don't think that I'll ever be thrown off of who I am because of someone else's faster success, but it definitely is like, it's hard. I mean, listen to you. Like, you should be a huge success. This podcast is amazing. Your voice is like a therapist. I want to lay down and listen to you and talk to people all day. But growth is slow. And I think yes. you can agree with that. Like, yeah. like you're not Oprah yet. And maybe you should be. And and until you hit God knows what. Gosh, if I say God knows what again, people are going to think I'm a really. <laughs> until you hit that recipe and, and nobody knows what it is and then you take off it it is a slow growth and a slow burn and that's okay. I'm so grateful again for the community that is with me and, and people keep telling me like, stop focusing on growth, but without growth, it's hard. It's hard to keep, not to keep going. I'm happy to talk to two people, but it's, it's hard to justify. I think people will be shocked 10 hours on your phone a day, you know, when, when you're like, oh, two new followers, 10 new followers, 100 new followers, which is great. Every single person counts. But as fast as it's been, it it still feels like, when's it going to strike? <laughs> 
See, that is, but I love that you're saying that because like you said, so many, I'm sure your girlfriends are like, Serena, shut up. This is so fast. And I'm over here thinking that is insane. Cause, cause I'm looking at like, Oh, is this a past year? You're like, no, 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 Emily, the last six months, but to mm-hmm. your example, I could not relate to that more. And I'm sure people who are listening could agree with whatever entity it is. And mm-hmm. perhaps this is a lesson for all of us. Maybe there isn't a moment that you really arrive and that you think right. here I am because I would say, and ho- and hearing and getting to know you even slightly, I think this will be the case for you when that collaboration comes out. That's insane. Like I'm so excited about this. And even to hear that that's coming to fruition and it's something in the works, it's like, that's amazing. In addition, I'll share this with you. It was really fun. When I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, Instagram that we were recording, I had two women that have connected me with other guests and, and networking is a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But one of them literally said, they were like, Oh my gosh, Sabrina is one of my favorite Instagram friends. I'm so happy you guys are recording. And well, and I had not yet had a guest be described as a friend, like an Instagram friend. So it ties back with what you just shared about an encouragement that someone maybe gave you of being social on social, that someone called you a friend. I don't even think you guys have met in real life. And I'll, I'll tell you off recording who it was, but that, you know, I don't even think you guys have met. And so for her to be able to say, oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite friends. It's just so interesting how the ball just continues to roll. And you it's do. It's real. Yeah. It's- it's hard to explain to some, first of all, it's who I am in real life. I'm friends yes. with the grocery worker. Yes. The, I'm friends with my butcher. I'm friends with, the, honestly, like I, I live, people my whole life have called me a friend of the friendless, like, but oh. it's real. And like, I, I wake up at night thinking about these people or somebody who's told me in the DMs about, you know, their daughter. And <laughs> I've had to start truly like muting stories you know those heartfelt stories about children and the GoFundMes like I can't look because I go so dark and like then I make it my mission to find the mom and to like be like can I sit and I'm not a martyr like I'm not trying to say I'm an angel because trust me (laughs) I can be dark and I've told you that and I can be harsh and all these things but maybe it's just an empath and I do take things on heavily but I think it's a gift and I think I made for social media in that sense because I really do care about these people in my DMs and I really do make friends. And and it's I think that not for me, but in the grand scheme, that is the silver lining of social media, that there's teenagers who can find somebody on this platform, on whatever platform they're on, that truly care about them if they're going through something, like I've said, that I luckily didn't have to go through. But people who are going through hard times can find someone who's also been there or who truly cares about them behind a screen and help them and be motivated by them and impassioned by them and stay alive because of them. And I'm sure I'm not keeping somebody alive. I'm not saying that, but I do think that there's people out there who for whatever reason are going through much harder times and find somebody that they relate to in that way. And, and as dark as the trolls can be and all the negative, like that's a positive that didn't used to exist for people. And Mm. And it's real. People find friends and support and groups and a way out via these platforms. Well, and that is real life. You know, like people will say in real life or, oh, social media isn't real life, et cetera. No, that is real life. That's a real real impact that 
you're able to make on on people. And again, like I've said, and those of you who are listening, you guys know, so you can watch Sabrina's stories and it's like, oh, I want to make that. Oh, it, it, it does bleed into real life. And so, but even too, I love what you just mentioned. You may not have even meant to go down this road, but the element of making sure that, yeah, you, you do take that time to to mute and to be able to kind of filter in what comes to you. Because like you said, to be an empath and to be on social so much for your business, to be able to make Mm -hmm. sure, okay, am I, am I setting up good boundaries? Am I making sure that this is something that I can do long term, which of course. I do think that that's a learning curve. And I'm sure people learned that in modern day business and through the pandemic from work from home, the whole idea of disconnecting, because I think what's unique about what I'm doing even from other influencers who are selling things, because sometimes I do sell weird things. Yesterday I posted a ceramic (laughs) pumpkin and I was like, did I just turn left? Like I just tried to hustle a pumpkin. Like, am I that thirsty? But I really did buy them and I really did love them. They're like ginger jar pumpkins and I stand behind them. But I was like, what am I doing? I think the difference is a lot of influencers are just selling that pumpkin are selling you a face cream are selling you a bedspread. I, it's invasive. Like I am, my husband pops on and he is not like a public figure, but like we have a shtick and I share it because that's part of who I am. And sometimes I do show my kids and sometimes I, I show a lot of what I eat and I show a lot of how I feel. And it is more of a, it's focused on plus size fashion, but I do think I, I give a lot of myself and I'll always be authentic and that can be exhausting, but it's also rewarding. Oh, well, it, uh, this whole conversation, it just makes me so excited to see kind of what's next for you. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a moment, but I can't let you go. And we're, we're kind of pivoting. Like you said, this isn't dark, but this is, this is kind of a more thoughtful question that I always love to ask guests. Um, of course. But I'd love to know what is, and I'm really interested to hear your answer. What is perhaps the greatest lesson that you have learned and could share? In doing this or in life or both? Either one. I think because it's fresh on my mind and it had just happened. And as you said, as I just told you, it's only been six months and all the things. I will tell you that that lesson last week when someone told me I fell flat was major because I replayed it in my head over and over. And the outcome for me was that there was no prep. And that is both of our faults, the person interviewing me and Mm -hmm. myself. I didn't ask, what direction do you want this to go in? What are you looking for from me? And she didn't tell me. And that's not a blame. That's a lesson for me because I do fly by the seat of my pants. I do matches fault. You know, I've had really lucky moments in the last six months where someone gave me a match with, you know, a large following and I had to find an outfit within 24 hours and things moved really fast. And I'm super good at that. And I don't mind that. And I just show up and here's the outfit. And I don't know how we'll get the picture. We'll put the iPhone on selfie mode. Like, and that's... That, that although once in a while pays off, I would say the majority of the time it does not. You need to be organized. You need to have a mission. You need to make that clear. You need to communicate things. I learned that. And I don't think it was the hard way. It was a one moment thing and it's in the past and it's no big deal. And hopefully I still have a relationship with that person and it is what it is. But it was a big lesson for somebody like me who believes, I kept saying, people would say, well, I'll ask so-and-so to match with you, but do you have a pitch? And I'm like, yeah, my pitch is my Instagram. Go look at it. You know, I am who I am. You're supporting body inclusivity. You're supporting 
fashion for all sizes. Like what I'm never, I'm never going to give you a pitch on a piece of paper. Like I want this to always feel organic. And then I learned, well, sometimes you need a pitch. Sometimes somebody needs to know what they're getting into, how they're getting into and all those things. So I think the greatest lesson for me from a professional perspective is, although this is personal, you need to be organized. You need to make your mission clear. You need to communicate and you can never do too much. Like that is, that pays off and it's important. And I want this to work and I want to make it a business and it already has, but even more so you have to hone that in. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting over here like nodding away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've had many similar experiences with the podcast, but this is kind of another, you guys moment, pause and rewind just the element of let's make sure we have the prep, whatever business it is that you're stepping into, whatever side hustle, whether it's on social media, or perhaps it's a business that you're launching that prep, Sabrina mentioned organization, and then just that communication element. Even I love what you just shared about, Hey, you know what, even if you need to over communicate, maybe Mm -hmm. that's the, the step that needs to And I never believed in that because I never wanted to fray from who I am. I always wanted to just show up and feel like it's light and free and organic as friends. And, and it doesn't work, you know, it can, and it can make magic, but the majority of the time, no matter what you're doing, if you expect a positive professional outcome, then you better go into it with all the things that we just discussed. And you, you have to make it clear and concise and that's it. Yeah. It, it's so it it's so this is so interesting because it really does align with some personal uh, kind of podcast business things that I'm learning as well. But also just to remember, and I don't ever remember this because I really connect with you, Sabrina. In hey, you ready to record? Okay, I sent you some questions. Let's do it. But there are people who they want that over communication. So one mm-hmm. of my takeaways from even right now is like to remember that there are personalities out there that they want every single detail available to them. It's like okay, I need to be. Which used to bother me and I would be rude and judgmental. And now I'm like, you know what? They're probably much calmer. Things move much smoother. (laughs) They seem much less, you know, I have a fire drill every three hours. Like they, it pays off and and good for them. And no more judgment from me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm literally tracking with everything that you're saying. Oh my gosh. Well, Sabrina, this has been so much fun. I, the time has actually flown by and I have loved getting to connect with you. I know we, we mentioned this earlier, but I do want to ask what's next for you. Well, thanks. That collab, obviously. Yes. And I think that's the goal. I, I don't know when, but I want brands to find me. I want to, even if it's from a consulting perspective and they're not even using my name, if there's no target time Sabrina, even if it's just to say, you need to cut it this way. You need sleeves on this. We want this. Like that's too tight on the tummies. Not every plus size girl has a big butt. Like even if it's from a consulting perspective, I hope to start working with more brands because it's not, it's, it's selfish. I'd like them to produce things that I want more, but it, there still needs to be so much forward motion in plus size fashion and inclusivity and extending sizes and So I hope that's what's next. I hope that I start connecting to big brands and somehow making the pendulum swing for exclusive fashion. 
That's so cool. I, I see it. I see the even target Sabrina. I mean, come on, let's go. I love it. But I, like I said, it all comes from growth on these silly platforms. So <laughs> follow me, follow me. Yes. You guys, it, I mean, it is so crazy. It's so true. But oh my gosh. I mean, we've covered so much. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to? I mean, I could go on all day. It's I, I hope I don't want you to think I fell flat. Anything you got to cover before? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Serena. Even before recording, I knew there was no chance of of that happening. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, as oh. you can tell, I'm real bruised. Oh. Oh. The lesson was worth it. No, it's so good. And even I mean, gosh, for those who are listening, that that is a seriously great takeaway. Um, just even in anything in any entity. So again, thank you so much for sharing. Um, well, and it's so fun because so much of the podcast, I relate to you with what you're doing on social and specifically with the same style, different size is that element of networking. Like I love hearing the behind the scenes of some of those photos where it's like, yeah, I hooked you up with this person or this person wants to do a photo, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's a real theme within social media with this podcast. So I it's a theme within life. I think people, there's two kinds of people, you know, the ones that are going to step out for people and the ones that are more close to their chest and you have yep. to network. And I've always been a connector and I always believe in connecting others that it's going to come back to you. And like you just said, somebody DM'd you and said something nice and said, that's my social media friend. And maybe somebody said to you, maybe you want to talk to this girl. And I think that that's all karma and that all comes back to you and you have to go out on a limb for other people and for yourself. I keep saying like, this is a little bit shameless, this social media hustle, but I have to look at it and anybody who's trying to get into it or who's already into it as you work in marketing and you are marketing yourself. And what's more important than that? So why are you afraid to say to somebody, can you share me? Can you tell your friends to follow me? Do you, yeah. if, if you believe in me, help me because that's what it is. You're marketing yourself and you have to step out off that ledge and just flat out say, it's another thing about communication. You have to say, my goal is growth. And by you sharing me because you're enjoying me, because you're sliding into my DMs and saying that, thank you for finding me this dress, this, this outfit for my sister's wedding, this yes. outfit for my mother's funeral, this, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Well, Thank you so much. I'm happy to help you. And if you don't mind, and if you believe in that, can you please spread the word? So I'm like rethinking my whole pitch and whole thought process around this right now. No, I could not. It feels embarrassing and it's shameless. But the bottom line is that's where we are and that's how you grow. And of course it's organic and, and people need to do it on their own, but you're marketing yourself in a little, would you do that for a job? If you worked for Coca-Cola, if yeah. you worked for X, Y, and Z, and wow. they asked you to get it into this, this business and, and they want it in front of this person, you're going to sell it. So why not wow. sell yourself too, if you believe in it? Whoa, such a good example. I've literally never put it together like that, but that's exactly what you're doing. And it's going to be so fun to see your growth within that same theme though, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? Gosh, so many. I was thinking about that. You know, how'd she do that? <laughs> as I as I started doing this more and as I'm trying to make this a business, I start to realize how much I'm surrounded or motivated by friends who also have already, you know, created businesses for themselves or who I'm fascinated by even on social media. Yeah. Um, I mean, my friend Morgan, who does Minnow Swim, she's been on a couple podcasts. She has a huge, obviously, super successful business. Um, 
that she's been doing and she has a big background. She's super entrepreneurial. I think that you would get a kick out of that. Obviously, I don't want to tell you her history because that's why she'd come on. <laughs> and she has over 100,000 followers of Minnow. I'm sure oh, that speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, who else? There's plenty. Now, on the other hand of that side of that, like that's somebody who has an actual product that they're selling you, right? And who's she has a fascinating brain and all the things. But then there's people who you don't see as much of and who aren't creating products that I also would like to hear from. Yeah. Um, Caitlin Fisher, I don't know if you know who she is. She has a beautiful Instagram and she has a following, but it's very curated, but not in an offensive sense, but in a way where I want to hear you talk to her. Does that make sense? Like yeah. she has a beautiful feed and super nice, but I'm like, I want you to ask her the questions that you're asking me and how'd she do that and how'd she create this life? And I'd like to see yeah. behind the curtain. Like there's people like that who it's fun to see behind the curtain of how they got started doing things like that. Yeah. There's so many people that I could bring up for you. <laughs> um, My friend Courtney Grow, she has, she's been growing a, 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 maybe two years now. I'll never forget the day she decided to start a public in, Instagram and we texted about it. And I said, you have to, like, I, another narcissistic thing. I don't believe that everybody has the gift and she does. And we can relate on that. And we both have a similar, you know, we might not have a similar style, but we have a similar shopping style. We can go into the store and we have that eye. And yeah. and she also thrives in the connection and in shopping for people. And we talk about it all the time and we can text about it. And in the beginning, when I decided to do mine, she was like, just wait, you're only going to want to talk to me or somebody who understands because it's definitely something people don't understand unless they're yeah. doing. And she was exactly right. Wow. So I think there's so many people like that. And she has four children and you know, all the things. There's so many people I could be like, I want to hear you ask these questions too. And you'd be fascinated by, and I think have followings that want to hear it too. And you can DM me and I'll give you a short list. (laughs) No, that is amazing. Thank you so much, Sabrina. You guys will have Mm -hmm. to stay tuned for potential episodes with Morgan and Caitlin. And then Courtney and I have been chatting a little bit, very hopeful to schedule something with her. Here's here's, here's a a talking point. Morgan is how I know Courtney. Um, I mean, it's been over a decade that I've known, but but so there you go. It all connects. And yes. I think that Caitlin also knows more. Uh, Caitlin knows both of them. Maybe we should do a group podcast. You get that? We could all hop on here. We can. Oh, literally. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. No, thank you. Those are amazing. This will be so much fun. And again, today, I mean, you have surpassed, I, I had high expectations, but Sabrina, it has been so fun to hear, gosh, just more about, I mean, I'm going to go back more about this last six months specifically, but to think about where you're headed and all that's to come. I'm excited. Well, you too. Thank you. I'm so excited about it. Now, I cannot let you go though. Do tell of us course. where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, they better. Click that follow <laughs> button after you lurk. If you're not liking, you're lurking. Absolutely. Uh, it's just my name. S-A-B-R-I-N-A-C-H-A-Z-E-N Sabrina Chazen at Sabrina Chazen on Instagram. I sell most of the products and clothing that I showcase on my Like to Know It and I put it in stories and sometimes I'm to my talking point, not organized enough because people still can't find it, but you can always DM me. You can make a friend in me and I am there for you. Well, I love it. Well, Sabrina, thank you again for joining me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of 
how'd she do that? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.